Are you asking yourself the important questions? What kind of growth are you chasing? Can you repackage fear as incentive? Where does what you know end and who you are begin? If you're ready to take a deep dive into introspective mechanics, welcome to the Inspire Here podcast, where two boss women have open organic conversation on all things philosophy, self-improvement, and evolution. Get aligned with your core values, discover your vision, and elevate your essence to the very next level. Here are your hosts, Queen Bedra and Shivali Patel. Hello and welcome to Inspire Here. I am Shivali Patel and I'm here with Queen Benzarad. And this is the show where we really talk about all things evolution. So every single day is an opportunity to improve and to just experience life for what it is, right? All the uphill battles, all the valleys, and all of the good stuff in between. So today we're going to be diving into a topic that everybody deals with, and that is dealing with anger. I say everyone. I will be very honest. I actually haven't been angry. I wouldn't classify it as anger in the last six to seven years. I feel like I know where I'm coming from in, in terms of emotional balance, but I know that that is something that required a lot of introspective work. I would love to kind of pick your brain about it and kind of understand what you feel are the emotions that really underlie anger and what causes it well for me angers are just like secondary emotion there's more into it like you say it could be because that you are hungry or you are sad about something and then you act it out because you don't know what to do there are so many emotions behind it, like disappointment as well embarrassment and when you don't know how to solve the first emotion that's when you get angry and that's when you react for me, I would validate it first, like where this anger come from. Because sometimes when people say something to you and you get frustrated and then you say, okay, I don't want to listen to this. I have to go somewhere with not such a nice tone of voice. It's not because of them, though. It's because at that time, it happened to me. I might be concerned about my work result that I'm looking forward to and it hasn't arrived yet or I'm very hungry like I said and then that's why they have hangry so when you're hangry you your hate it's not working straight and you are very upsetting easily so once you actually validate the emotion then you would understand and then you unlock it by how to deal with the first emotion and you would not get angry and of course to be conscious all the time that when someone is acting something to us so we don't react it right away just stop first and don't do anything actually just stop and observe i think what you said is so important so easy to react and really what it's about is observing And having the empathy for other people as well when you're in those situations. But at the same time, really trying to pinpoint where your negative emotions are really arising from, right? Because when you start Mm -hmm. to feel the beginning of something, if you start to feel the hangriness, then it's being cognizant that, oh, I need to do something for me before I act out because I might say something I don't mean. I might respond before I understand the whole situation, before I have all the facts. and. 
occasionally even asking, is it really worth the consequence, right? If Do I care enough to dispel my energy toward this cause and this person? Because where will it get me? So I think really taking time to sit with it is so important. In terms of how to deal with anger, how would you say that you deal with anger? Do you walk away? Do you react? Mm -hmm. And what would you recommend to people when they're in a situation that feels like it's starting to kind of bubble up inside of you? Mm -hmm. To be honest, it's really dependent on each situation. For me, it happened oftentimes when we are in the car. That's the worst place to get angry because you cannot escape. What I do is that I ask my friends, family, and partner to know that if things started to escalate, just say breathe. It's like my code. So then I know already that I have to start breathing slower, cutting my breathing, and then I just automatically calm myself down. But if we are more in an open space, then I would say, I'm sorry, can we discuss this later? I need alone time. So then the other um, party would also understand that, okay, maybe she needed time to process it. And I think it's much nicer than just burst out with anger. You know, you don't have to destroy each other's feelings. It's all right to walk away or say honestly how you feel, but not with raising voice, of course. Like, um, show your empathy, like you said, to others as well. I'll I'll tell you exactly how I do it. But at the same time, I want to comment on something that you said, which is the breathing thing. I wonder if there's a science to it. I'm sure there is because people who practice meditation, and we talked a little bit about this in some of our previous episodes, but meditation is so great for becoming more present as a person. I wonder if when you are doing the slower breathing, it's kind of pulling you back into slowing down that moment. So you can really process what's happening. I, I love that you said that. I myself have never been somebody who actually expresses anger that way. But my dad actually would shut down in the middle of a conversation. If there was an argument and there was some high tensions, he would just completely shut down. He wouldn't say anything. And he would just sit with it, right? But that can piss people off yes. when you are in the middle of a conversation and all of a sudden you stop talking. I mean, are you having a monologue at that point? Are they even listening? Are they ignoring you? You don't know what's happening. But that can possibly be a form of meditation, but also observing. I know in my own life, when I am approached with an argument, sometimes what happens for me is... I'll stop talking. I mean, I'll still communicate. You know, I, I I need a few moments. And it's because in my head, I'm having this entire conversation with you already. It's I'm saying what I would hypothetically say, what you will say back to me. And that's because I understand what it's like to be in those shoes. I'm trying to see the other perspective. And in doing so, I am invalidating what I'm saying, but also validating what the other person is saying, yet validating how I feel in my head. So sometimes it takes me some time because I don't want to say things out loud that I know I might regret or that I'm saying preemptively. That is just one way for me to to deal with high tension situations or crucial conversations that you're having is by making sure that what I'm saying is something I actually can stand behind. On top of that, 
I also believe in in the walking away that you said. If something's not serving you, it's not serving the conversation, it's okay to say, hey, this conversation's hurtful. I think I need to step away from it if it's something that's negative in nature. But if it's something you can't walk away from, then trying to sort of start having that space of trying to learn what the other person is also thinking and why they might be saying that. And then using statements like we, as opposed to, oh, you did this or I did this and making it about yourself. It should be a team effort. Your words are very important. And that's the major principles anyways that I like to implement. It's deconstruct the situation with your words. But also if you're feeling angry, if you're starting to boil upwards, you're only going to amplify that. Have you ever been in a situation where you maybe were feeling some sort of irritability and then you said something that just raveled it all the way up? You were like, I'm really angry. Yes. Maybe yes. throw in a couple of swear words while you're at it. Just it, it makes you angrier almost, no? Yeah, when I when I was younger, it happened more often. It's also because I didn't know how to love my own emotions. Now when I know, I'm more slower on reacting, which is much nicer as well. And I think it's better for your health because if you notice your body when it's go through anger, there's some heavy feeling on your chest or sweating on your palm, your heart rate beating goes extremely at speed. I think that's not good for your health at all. So if you know how to maintain your angriness, then it's even better. It's like it's help with your mental and also your physical health. Absolutely. But it's not easy. It's not easy for everyone though, because that's why they have anger management program, right? I'm sure for mm-hmm. some other people, it's hard to get to the point that you actually understand it. I think it's not to oftentimes react right away. You have to hold yourself. And when you get angry, don't think about right and wrong. Just think about what's really good for your body. Because if you think about right and wrong, then it will escalate for sure. Because you, if you are right, then you want to um, state your point that you are right and another person have to listen to you. But if you think about, okay, what's really good for my health? I love this body. I love this mind. I love this heart. Then, okay, if that person is right or wrong, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't do it because I don't want to harm my organs. And then it's end of the story. You change the narrative of how you talk to yourself and you actually change the way you react to other people too. That also falls right in line with taking 100% responsibility for your life. I remember years ago reading a book that just said, take 100% responsibility for your life. Mm-hmm. It seems like such a simple thing, but it is difficult to do. Recognizing that you cannot control other people but you can control your own actions, gives you the permission to walk out of situations that elevate your anxiety levels and all of the negative things that, as you said, affect our internal atmosphere. Just removing yourself, if it's necessary, is okay. But also, if you need to stay in that conversation, then... Stay calm as much as you can. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, just try to find, first of all, the origin of why you're feeling angry, but also having the ability to try to empathize with the other person's perspective will carry you a long way because that's when you can really start having those conversations that are we-based, that aren't just 
I. They're not surrounded around your own identity and ego. The other person will feel a little bit more supported in their conversation, in their feelings. That's the whole point that both people can walk away feeling good about where things were left. Mm -hmm. What would you say are triggers or warnings that people can actually use to identify the beginning stages of anger? Like I mentioned, you can actually, with the internal, you can sense how your body started to change from your neutral stage into something that feels uncomfortable. Because for me, oftentimes I have like sweating palm and my hand and feet can flush with hot and cold. And all of a sudden I feel this weird feeling in a stomach. That's when I'm like getting uncomfortable feeling and I'm very mm. angry. And sometimes when I hold it in, it's also not a good way when you hold it in and when you want it to express, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm in training right now at the moment, and I suggest that many people to do so as well, is to understand that you have this anger. You understand that it's totally normal because we have emotions, we have feelings for us. We just have to find the right way to approach towards this anger. And for the triggers I mentioned already, and the warning when it's about to explode, just make sure that you remove it as fast as possible and think, like you say, as a team, not as individual. Because when you think as an individual, it's the opponent. But when you think as a team, it's fighting solutions, compromising. And that's the best way you could do. And you are preventing further discomfortness in your conversation as well. It may be the results that not you wanted it to be in that moment, but it would be so helpful for you. I love what you said about thinking in solutions, right? That is so important. And on top of that, just going inwards during external chaos mm -hmm. is necessary. And it's yeah. so uncomfortable sometimes to sit there and be alone in your own head. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people don't want to do it. They don't want to do the hard work. And doing the hard work is what gets you to a place of internal peace that allows you to master your external environment. When it comes to dealing with difficult situations or difficult people or negative people, going internally, just taking that look inside is oh, necessary. I'm sure that a lot of people would be wondering, setting boundaries and how to set boundaries. For me, I see that we have to prioritize people in our life first. If it's your family, your friends, your partners, or random strangers that you meet, then they have different kind of boundary and place in your life. If it's your family, then you have to sort out the issues that are going on. You have to be more open. But versus the stranger, then I think that sometimes it's unnecessary at all to actually reason with them. Because you probably meet them once. Why would you waste your energy on it? I say this from the point of my experience that I shared with Shivali earlier. That now I learned my lesson that sometimes... It's better to just ignore it, understand it from the point that you understand and you don't need that person to understand what you know. How can you put it in a nicer way <laughs> for me? Setting boundaries is something that I had to really work on, not just in, in the sense of setting boundaries for other people, but also for yourself. It's easy to think about your strong suits, right? Let's, let's be real. But uh, in terms of weakness, it's uncomfortable to sit there and ask, am I 
am I the problem? But I, I know that's like a popular TikTok thing. Or am I the drama? Just asking yourself, in what way are you contributing to the situation? Mm-hmm. And is it something that you would do again if you had the chance to once all the consequences are fully through? Kind of taking that into account and setting boundaries for yourself, saying, okay, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z, or maybe you know that you are a people pleaser, then really taking the time to work on it. It's not going to be immediate. There is no such thing that's immediate like that. But taking the time to acknowledge it, to be aware enough to say, hey, this is something I'm going to work on this year. And every time you have the opportunity where you're faced with a situation, taking some steps to actually keep those boundaries in place and maybe trying to, let's say, channel them in a healthier way is one of those things that will help you not only facilitate a better experience for yourself, but also for the people that you are in conversations with. If it's taking a healthy walk, maybe you're starting to feel something, you feel like you just said something that was people-pleasing. In acknowledging that it was people-pleasing, maybe you have a heightened sense of tension between you and a partner or you and whoever you're talking to, saying, uh, you know what, just give me a few moments so I can clear my mind. Mm-hmm. Go on that walk. Maybe go to the gym if you have to, or put some music in that puts you in a better mood. You know, yeah. set those boundaries for yourself and for other people so you can keep your peace. Mm. And like I mentioned earlier on our episode here, breathe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because breathing and meditation, it's will lead you to further practice on your conscious and mindfulness as well. And it will be very helpful in every kind of situations. There are a lot of different sectors mm-hmm. to anger. You can have sadness, disappointment, loneliness, feeling overwhelmed, embarrassed, hurt. I mean, anxiety, jealousy, right? Like all those things could be where anger stems from. But if you can deconstruct anger to the point where you can pinpoint why or which emotion is actually the origin point, then you can allow for clarity in those situations and understand where it came from so you can actually address the issue at hand, not so much erupt and then deal with the consequences later. Any advice that you would want to give to somebody that's listening to this that is in a difficult situation with a friend or a family member and is feeling like they don't have the courage to say their piece that is for them. All right. For me, I would suggest you to do journaling. I know we talk a lot about journaling, but it's one of the best way to express how you feel. And when you write down the things of how you feel, reasoning with yourself, you will see the other perspective of on the situation as well. So that's one of the best way that I would suggest that you to do. Now that I'm thinking about it, I know I said it's okay to walk away from situations mm-hmm. if you need clarity, mm-hmm. but make sure that you voice that, that you communicate. Yeah. And communication during anger is another thing I think that should be done. Mm-hmm. It's make sure that if you do need to walk away from that situation, maybe this person is somebody you love. You say, hey, I love you, but I just need a few moments to myself to gain some clarity so I can come from a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. And then say, let me just walk out for a bit. 
I'll be right back once I'm not feeling as angry. Like communicating that at least they know you're not just leaving to leave. (laughs) You know, you're not walking away and just leaving it all on the table. I don't like ever going to bed angry. I was taught that years ago. And to this day, it's an important thing to carry forward. When you go to sleep angry, it will stay with you and it will manifest in ways that don't serve you. So not going to bed angry, but remembering the bigger picture. Do I care more about this relationship or do I care about being right? Mm -hmm. When you ask that question, then maybe you are able to step back, look at the bigger picture and see, is it really important to say all the mean or underlying emotional things that are really there? I think in terms of coping mechanisms, we should save that conversation for Another episode, I know that we're wrapping things up here, but I hope those of you listening were able to take something away from this. I know I have. I always love having expansive conversations with Queen here. She's one of the women I really look up to in my life. Thank you. You to me too. Yes. So the more you share, the more you get to learn and it's faster. So you don't have to go through all those experiences yourself. (laughs) Shortcut. Yes. Yes. All right. So that is it for today's episode, you guys. Be sure to check out some of those past episodes we've done if you haven't already. And be sure to like, hit subscribe, and stay tuned so you can hear all the new content we have coming up for you. Until then, ciao. You've been listening to Inspire Here. Our passion is to have open, organic, real and raw conversations on everything from philosophy, self-improvement to evolution, helping you to take a deep dive into your introspective mechanics. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten something from it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Inspire Here. Take care, and we'll see you next time on Inspire Here.